You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Amen. Maybe see it here. So we'll be looking at those verses, uh, but wanting just to look at some things. I just by way of, I guess, introduction. Uh, this is a very familiar passageway when we look into depression, anxiety. I want to let you know I by no means am a scholar, am any knowledgeable in that area. I've, uh, I've, I'm broaching the topic a lot lighter, talking just about burnout, and obviously this could lead into depression and anxiety and things such like, and I will not be equipped to go into those details, but wonderfully enough, we have a pastor that if anyone is battling some things and needs some uh, pastoral counsel, uh, we will, he is available for that. And with that being said, uh, this is hopefully to help one another out, and a lot of these uh, studies and case points that I've looked into to bring the message together uh, was definitely taken from pastoral health and ministry. So keep that in mind as you have the word of God minister to your own heart, that we have a pastor that needs our prayers, that is going through a battle uh, more than honestly just us in normal life, day-to-day living. He battles a lot, simply just the constant demand of, of everything. If we all go home tonight, it's not our phone that's possibly going to ring with uh, with news of unfortunate news. It would be pastor's phone. And so as we look into that, keep that in mind in the big picture, but also keep in mind here Elijah, the time historic, uh, the, the biblical texture of that time, and allow that to minister what God did for him. As we look at the road to burnout, what are some warning signs, and how do we recover if we're on said road? Uh, we don't often validate emotions, so we don't have the right answers we need. Our short answers of, of course, reading the Bible and prayer, those are always good answers, but sometimes they're not always quick resolve uh, emotionally at, de- at emotionally depleted times. And so I know you're sitting here again looking and looking at the message. I'm excited about tonight, uh, but maybe a man like Justin Hall in the front row with a beard that is uh, a foot long and thick is looking at this message and says, well, it suits you. You're wearing a, a range of pastel blues. So, of course, you'd be the one preaching this message. You can take it how it is, but we're going to dive into the Lord of God, and we're going to have a great time doing so. So we're looking at uh, just the, the way that God gives us warning signs, just like if your engine is wrong or you have maybe even newer cars, they let you know that your tire needs more pressure, and they have a little light that comes on. Well, no one takes, when you have a light on in your car dash, no one takes it to the automobile, automobile uh, place, the garage there, and asks them, I just want you to fix the light. Obviously, that's just the warning. That is not what it is. We have emotions. Those emotions are coming up in our life because there's something deeper down in our lives, in our bodies, in our physical, and in our spiritual side of things that are dinging, and these emotions of sadness, numbness, anger, These are surfacing, and we don't just suppress them and keep on because we're a strong, manly man here. We we grip onto our pastel blue pants, and we go life through the Bible, and we see how we're going to have the Bible treat this area of burnout in our life. And so warning lights of burnout, here's just a list of them. Uh, got it through a man that he has a P, he's, he's getting his PhD, he actually has a dissertation uh, going through right now, and he just listed a, a bunch of things, but feelings of threat, loss of purpose, feeling of powerlessness, a loss of sense of accomplishment, numbness, your laugh is gone, disappropriate, disproportionate anger, just flying off at little things, things that wouldn't upset you. Now those little things just, just 
eek at you. Uh, productivity is dropping. And then the, the, uh, uh, the fancy definition of burnout is when you have those feelings of emotional exhaustion, but suddenly there is a drop in your feelings of accomplishment. So when your emotional exhaustion is depleted, but at the same time, suddenly your feelings of accomplishment is also down. When those two collide, you are on a road to burnout, if not even worse. Now we're going to dive into scripture and we're going to look at Elijah's life and see what led him to the road of burnout, uh, depression, and see how God, what God gave him, the off-ramps that Elijah used to get off of this road. Uh, but if anyone of you are, are runners, I am not. I've, I've read and saw this in my study that if you're preparing for a marathon, there's a 13-mile mark. It's roughly about that or whatnot. But when your body goes through 13 miles of running, jogging, uh, working, your body just starts to shut down. You, if it's called in running terms, you've hit the wall. And maybe in life today, maybe you have hit that wall. Your body is shutting down. Maybe you've gone through a time like this. And maybe, unfortunately, that time is nearing here soon. We're going to look at things that we can look at some warning lights about that uh, and see some things through scripture. And in this, I was really, I learned a new word, depersonalization. I probably have heard it before, but the definition, a withdrawal, a withdrawal, a withdrawal, withdrawal, with, come on, withdrawal, withdrawal. Can we say that? You guys know what word I'm talking about. It's a withdrawal, I had to say it again. It's a withdrawal from the challenge of work. It's a withdrawing from the challenge of work. And so depersonalization, we see this in David, King David's life. A time where kings were supposed to go to war. What happened? He, he withdrew himself from the challenge of work. He thought he didn't need it. Same thing with Elijah. He withdraws himself to where he's supposed to be and goes the opposite thing. So that's a very big warning sign as well. When you just, the challenge of maybe work. I know for men, uh, we definitely get satisfaction towards work. Ladies, same things. Maybe even more so tied in with family. When things of that, just you're withdrawing away from that challenge. You're kind of going through some numbness times here and there. Uh, and just, uh, we said, uh, going back into it, reduce feelings of personal accomplishments. Uh, but just here in life, we know life has a tendency to have some tensions and stress. And in fact, it's healthy, just like a rubber band. You know, to a point, this rubber band is supposed to be stretched out. Nothing happens to a rubber band when it's stretched out, it's used right. Correct? We all would know this, right? We put it on a wrist. The time we stretch it over our hand, it's a healthy tension. It goes to our wrist, and hopefully the tension is gone. I believe so for everyone in here. But that, that rubber band has a time where there is a healthy tension, but then also the rubber band also has a time to where if it is stressed out too long over a period of time, it's going to lose its tension. It's going to lose this elastic elastic. It's going to lose its tension, and in that point for the rubber band, its time in life is over. And there's times where we have tension and stress in our life, but if it loses that elasticity, if we don't allow it the time to heal, that's when we're going to find ourselves burnt out. And so sometimes God clears out our mental circuit in order for us to get focused on him. And so that is what God here does through Elijah. And we're going to pick up in verse number three. We kind of hopefully know the story. Maybe you don't. Uh, it's a great read, uh, 1 Kings 18. Uh, let God be God and fire falls down from heaven and a great victory is done uh, to, uh, for Elijah. Versus the prophets, the false prophets there. And just before 
Ahab is killing off the prophets and Obadiah, Ahab's actual servant, is hiding prophets. And he sees Elijah, verses 4 through 7, 8, 9, somewhere between there. But we're going to pick back up into uh, 1 Kings 19 and verse number 3. And we're going to stay in here primarily. So if you want to keep your Bibles out and follow along, the screen is up. So we'll be in Bibles tonight, but I think it's going to be a help. And I hope it's going to be a help for you tonight. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Saw what? Uh, the threat from Jezebel, from the messenger that he's going to kill him. Same time today, verse 1 and 2. And came to Beersheba, which I'm going to tell you is a hundred miles away from where he currently is at that particular time. And uh, which belongeth to Judah and left his servant. Notice here, Elijah paid more attention to the enemy than to God. He leaves, he goes a hundred miles out of the way. And I don't think he was planning for this trip. So he just books it. And just earlier, he actually beat a chariot. And so Elijah is a very fast man. He's with his, he's with his servant. But we also see in this, the end, of the, the end of the verse that he leaves his servant there. Elijah left his work. And he left his servant. The road to burnout is definitely a lonely road. You leave people behind purposely. And so going back to maybe even pastoral care, you see pastors withdrawing themselves from staff, from the, from the leadership, key leadership and men. And I'm not saying pastors doing this one bit, but going back to that analogy, Elijah here at Prophet Ministry and same thing in our life. When maybe a, a spouse is withdrawing themselves from the elder spouse, maybe a dad withdrawing himself from from kids, and one thing very sad, I know we have a lot of military here, I couldn't understand how they cope with it. Uh, one dad was telling us they're no longer here, but when he gets ready to hear orders of leaving, he just naturally just kind of distances himself away from the kids for the last month or two, and I couldn't think I could do it better, I don't know how I could do that, but just that natural distancing yourself from your family is a, is a key sign here of a road to burnout. Verse number four, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. We're gonna open up into a little bit here of the experiences that led to Elijah's burnout. Uh, he wandered another full day's journey from when he left his servant just completely going out into the wilderness. Uh, obviously, he's wanting to kill himself, suicidal thoughts. He sees a tree and probably just sat down, maybe just to end, have his life be ended right there with some shade and a little bit of reprieve. And he tells the Lord that he wants to end his, his he asked the Lord to end his life. So what led to Elijah's burnout? Well, we see some shame uh, towards the end. He says, I am not better than my father's. Isn't that kind of what maybe you do to yourself? I know I put shame on myself a lot of times. Uh, look how much of a failure I am. I didn't mount up to what I've seen. Maybe you don't maybe uh, self-consciously do this to yourself. Uh, but even seeing, seeing social media, you go through everyone's success stories and you think, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. And maybe non-knowingly, non there's shaming in your own just Facebook scroll, Instagram scroll, social media uh, awareness and effectiveness. He said, I'm not accomplishing the goal that I have. He felt helpless. There is no point. And he asked the Lord just to end his life. These were th three things that we see in Elijah's life. Uh, and I don't know what you may be going through today, but we're going to see Elijah and how God brought him out through those three things. Uh, verse 5, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him. And said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon of 
there's a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came in, uh, to him a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And now we're going to look at what God started, how he ministered to Elijah during his time of burnout. Uh, first thing, God made Elijah rest. Very easy. We understand it. It's knowledgeable. This is not anything great and exceptional, uh, just deep truths. But it's very evident what God had Elijah do at the very beginning. Maybe some of you are going through these times of shame, hopelessness, ineffectiveness, going through times of just of of just despair and almost a numbing in your life. For me, naturally, when I go through just, I guess, a low time for me, I just go to sleep as my, my it's, it's kind of my closure. I've said it before, but it just happens to where I just enjoy just sleeping off, I guess, worries, depression, whatnot. And I'm not saying I've been to anything deeper. That's just what I tend to go to. But anyways, God made Elijah rest. So first we see a diet. And here are some things. My wife is big into reading some of these books. Some of you have probably came across a conversation with my wife in some of these. But listen to this. Our guts are tied to our brains, our mood, and overall feeling of well-being. Your gut has everything to do with how you feel. And it is ultimately, besides your heart and lungs, it is one of the, the, the biggest organs in your body in order for you to truly feel uh, just uplifted and well-being. So he had diet. He had food. He ate. And we need to make sure I'm not a dietitian by any means. If you look at my uh, food in our cabinets, I am much of a hypocrite at this particular time and point right now. But I do at least acknowledge the fact that you should be eating healthy. And we're not saying Elijah went his whole life with, with healthiness and food from the angels. This is just one time. I've had a salad before. Good night. So... <laughs> Here you have Elijah during this time of just true depletion in his life. God restored him with a diet. He brought him back to a little bit of health with some food. And then it was, it was eat, eat, sleep, and walk. And so the, the next thing here after a diet, he slept. And I couldn't tell you how important it is to have sleep. Seven and a half hours of restful sleep a night. Your good hormones are being replenished while you sleep. When you're alert, uh, alive, Alive, when you're awake and alert, uh, I just I try to speak to where I can say words, so I don't have to say two words at one time. So when you're alert, you are able to do more things in your body. When you when you're awake and you're going through times of of, of turmoil, when you, maybe you're going through times of burnout. What's happening is your adrenaline is running, your cortisol is up, and you are pumping your body just with hormones that aren't the healthiest for you. So if you stress a lot, this is, Jonathan Hoover said this quote, for those that are great stressors, you need to become great resters because when you sleep, that's what's going to offset the stress that you have. And here's another one, a Canadian pastor, uh, Kerry Newhoff, he's went through a big time of burnout, wrote a lot about it. He said, sleep is like money. Deficits become debt. And debt needs to be paid off. And isn't it so true? If you don't take the time to sleep, it will come after you. You'll see it truly time and time again. And so we need to be people uh, just like Elijah when we're going through a, a road to burnout. We need to take uh, guard that time of rest. Seven and a half hours is what you need. Teens would argue to that one, of course. Uh, but anyways, that's a different level there. And the next thing is exercise. And once again, I am preaching to myself. You guys know my exercise regimen. Two times this year, I'm fighting the road of burnout. Amen. So exercise. And we're not talking just about, you know, sometimes I, I, I just try to do some core exercises. I do like 20, 20 sit-ups and I call it good for a week. 
But that is not good mid-level cardio. It's the, the, the target range uh, that you need to get your heart into. So your heart rate into an exercise target range is what you're looking for. And I'm not here condemning everyone for not exercising. Building up you is a theme. But when you're going through a time of burnout, when you're going through a time of just emotional depletion, this is what you need to do. Elijah walks 200 more miles. He walked a total of 300 miles just on, on, on this. So he's, he's eating, he's sleeping, and he's exercising, just walking. So whatever you choose to exercise, it is vital, it is needed. And the reason why sometimes maybe I don't exercise that much is because your, your heart needs to be in that target range. Well, my wife puts my heart in that target range every time I see her, bless God. And so that right there, that's why. Some of you ask why I'm so trim and healthy. A great wife added to that one. So rest. Rest is needed. Now we're going to look at verse number 8. What did God do? How did he provide that off-ramp for Elijah? This next one's real good here. Uh, verse 9 through 8, or 8 through 10. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, which is also the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, God meeting with Moses. You remember this in Exodus. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there, very possibly the same cave, that Moses went into when God shielded him as he passed by and let, and, and let Moses see uh, the, the hinder parts of God. What, and uh, Moses, uh, where am I, Moses? There we go, Lord. And he said, what doest thou here, Elijah? And verse number 10, and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left and they seek my life to take it. And if you look into this very cynical uh, Elijah as he's talking to God himself, he's cynical of himself and maybe even arguably cynical a little bit towards God. Uh, but we see sometimes of, of Elijah talking to God and saying, well, I've been zealous for you this long. And look what's happening around us in our nation. The, the altars are being thrown down. The prophets are being slain in the streets. And I'm the only one left serving you. And he was very cynical. He played the game of, uh, with God, three truths and a lie. He said, I have been very zealous, which is true. I, the Israelites have abandoned you, which is true. They killed all the prophets, which is true. But here's his lie. I am the only one left. And later on, God is going to confront him in this lie. And he's going to say 7,000, verse number 18, are still left. They haven't been to the knee or even kissed the false idol Baal. And we need friends. God is a friend to Elijah, and he tells Elijah how it is. We need friends. And we're going to look into it in just a little bit. Number 16, God restores Elijah's health by sending him Elisha. And it is so vital to have friends. Your family, though they are wonderful, I love my family, it is wrong for me to put my whole entire emotional support on my family. They just simply can't hold that weight. That's what the, the weight of friends is for. And some of you, I know we say a lot of people don't like someone just to talk about their biggest woes nonstop. But do you have a friend that if you called up for 45 minutes, two hours at 10 o'clock to midnight that you just needed to talk to? Do you have a friend that's there for you? Because sometimes that's what's needed. That's what Elijah needed in order to get out of this road to burnout. He needed a friend. I'm glad that, uh, that uh, God, of course, was his friend. And also in verse number 16, he sends over Elisha to be his friend and minister and just his, uh, just his friend in the ministry. And verse number 19, so he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he went with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. We do need friends. A friend that will confront your lies. Isn't it so very true when we talk to friends and we tell them our biggest woes? 
We always have some truth to it, but there's always a lie kind of mixed in, just like Elijah. And we need a friend that just can cut through that lie and say, that's not true, and help us. God, Elijah needed to realize that what he was saying wasn't true. And even though he had truth with it, it, a friend helped him out, and this friend, of course, was God, and then sends him Elisha as well. And then so we have that God sent him friends, relationships, they're so vitally important. And then lastly, in verse number 15, And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on the way back to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. God had Elijah return back to work. And you know, when we're at these times of depletions, when we're at these times of just burnout and just stressed and maybe even depressed, and though we go through these times, it's amazing that Elijah went to probably the most spiritual place in the Old Testament, Mount Sinai. Whether he willingly started going there or not, he's just running from Jezebel, and this is where he ends up, of course, with the providential hand of God. But still, what he did at his time of depression, at his time of lowness, he got, a, he got to the most sacred, uh, sacred place in the scripture. And that's where we need to go. And at the time, if you look, Elijah says the same answer to God twice. I think 10 and 14. He says the same thing to God twice. And we may even find ourselves at a low time going to church, maybe even a little bit cynical. And you would say, well, that's wrong. I have the bad, bad spirit. I shouldn't be there. It's a low time. I would argue with that, even though you may be a bit cynical because of the times that you're going through. Church is the best place for you to be in. It's the best place to gather and hear the word of God being preached to you and help you out of this time. And you'll see that cynical self. You'll see that, that, that burnout start to come through, as Elijah here did see. But what God sent him through at the end was he sent him to, uh, to return back to work. He gave him the promise. He had him anoint the king over Syria which gave him more work to do, and also the fact that God wasn't going to leave Elijah just with that truth of how all of Israel neglected God. He's going to send judgment to Israel through the king of Syria here, later on by issuing these new orders, and also the fact that Elijah returned back the way he came. And that's so important. Whenever we find ourselves on a road to burnout, just return back the way we came, simply finding ourselves back in God's house, back with God's people, and back with the peace and comfort that only God can bring. And I, I'm going to skip over it here a little bit, but it's very fascinating here. I, guess I said I'm going to skip over. I'm not. 11 through 13, God is going to talk to Elijah here, and he's going to say what he should do. He tells Elijah to come out of the cave in verse number 11, but Elijah doesn't come out of the cave in verse number 14. And here is why. Because now Elijah, he told God, he prayed and said, God, just kill me. Now, if you were with the chapter before, Last time Elijah prayed, what did God do? He answered his prayer. Being a man of faith, would you believe that Elijah was thinking that God was going to answer his prayer? He had just done it. Why would God not answer his prayer? He said, God, just kill me now. And he's at a low time. So I don't know what he's going through, but very possibly thinking Elijah, while he's in this cave, he's probably thinking, here's where God's going to kill him. And if he doesn't think that, look what God sends his way. Just random natural disasters, a tornado, great winds, renting mountains. Elijah is peeking out his little cave, seeing mountains just being fallen into twos. Okay, my time's coming. And then that passes. Then what happens next? He sees uh, a great earthquake. He starts quaking. The, the rocks start falling down around him. He says, okay, the Lord's going to kill me now. And I don't know if he's saying this, but you pass through a tornado, and then you pass through a random earthquake, and then you pass through a fire? 
And then that's what God sends next. He sends a fire. But God was not in any of that. But he was in a, a, a still, small voice. And now Elijah, he, he wraps his mantle across his face, very similar to Moses. When no, one, no man can see God and live, he covers that. And is an ironic side part. Elijah asked God to kill him. And you know who never dies? Elijah. He is transcended up to heaven. So there you go. That, that was pretty neat there. But Elijah, he, he, he sees God. And isn't that so amazing, simply the fact we go through times, we think natural disasters are going to end us. We think we're going through God's wrath. And I can say this, child of God, that's the story of the gospel. God took our tornadoes. God took our winds. He took our fires. He took literally the, uh, the, the earthquake of God's wrath. That was Jesus on the cross so we could have the gentle voice of God. And that right there is what God has done for us. Though we're going through these times where we have some heartaches, where we have some trials and turmoils, we don't face a God that is full of wrath towards us. We face a God that is gentle, lowly, humble, meek. And though you don't see a way out, you never have to fear God's mighty thumb coming down on you. And if that doesn't give you a little bit of hope right now, I don't know what will, but God is just so sweet to us. It's that gospel. It speaks truth into lies. It gives us hope into hopelessness. It turns peace into the storm. It brings peace from the storms of life. That is the gospel. And simply here to put together, uh, together we need to get some rest, be on a healthy regimen. Now you might even debate that and say, well, that's only when I'm going through a low time. Amen. We got cookies out there afterwards tonight. So for those going through some great times, enjoy. And you know what? If you're going through a hard time, just have one. It'll be good for you. Connect with friends and return to work. Return to God. I'm so glad that we have a true friend. Maybe some of you say, I don't know if I have a friend that can listen to me for one hour, two hours. Well, praise the Lord that we all have a pastor in here today that would. Uh, he, we have a great pastor that listens. And going back to the pastoral emotional health, I, I don't even see a fraction of what pastor does. And I work alongside him uh, next door office. And here I am. Uh, there's one email that I've been, her, her name is Selena. She's been going through, we have her on the prayer list. She's been going through just some deep turmoil in her life. And just, if you, you probably can imagine what she's gone through as an earlier child teenager uh, through some family members. And she's asking and that family member is going to truly have forgiveness from God if he repents. And you're trying to battle this through email. And every time an email comes in, it's not stressful. It's not, it's not a big, horrible thing. But when that comes in, it's almost as if a pain of a headache without the throbbingness. Just what it takes and consumes out of me. And I'm not even remotely in pastoral duty like pastor is. But he's over there helping members out. He's over there managing work life, building life, home life, going through different. Mrs. Brown just had the heart procedure. All these things weigh into pastor. We need to be a congregation that is uplifting him in prayer. He needs to know that we support him, that we pray for him, that we love him, that we encourage him. And we want to give that to him. And I can tell you, for one, I get into a, just a, a natural falling alongside to where maybe I don't give him the support that I need to. And after studying this, how much I realized that if this is what I've kind of gone through, how much more than a man of God trying to keep the church going the right direction towards Christ, how does that fall into it? And just even these last couple days of preparing for a sermon, this is one sermon out of two weeks because of pastor sickness, but can imagine three sermons a week, just that creative drain now this is, you can tell my wife, there are a couple people who want to go out to lunch. And because I said connect with friends was one of my points, I knew I needed to be there. But the, the true knots in my stomach, just because I knew I had to preach. Now pastor has a little bit more comfortability 
But still, just imagine going through a creative drain of giving something to people of God every single week, going through your own personal matters, going through a building project, going through just emails. I mentioned one email that when that comes in, I pray over it. It's in the top of my head. I go and th- even though I respond back two days later, it doesn't leave me alone. And that's just one lady. Here, pastor is doing the work of the Lord, and he needs our prayers. But with that, here's the simple verse that ties it all together. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. That word care means your anxieties, your burnout, your stresses, your un your unending of what's going on, your worries and all what you have. We cast that to the Lord and he is a friend that is there and he is a friend that will help us carry us through. And that's how Elijah, by doing these three things, he returned back. And once again, as I segued into the beginning, if you're truly going through a deep time, there is definitely some help that you would need. That consult pastor, get some help and we'd be happy to help you. But going through just the road of burnout, how do we get out of that? It's in our diet, it's in sleep, it's in exercise, it's in friends, it's in the support group, it's in relationships, and it's in returning back to what God has for you. And when we do that, we get that joy, we get that energy, we get that excitement, and God will keep us down the road until the next burnout. And we do it all over again, amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this night. Thank you for just ministering to my heart. I hope that will... Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.